Hello and welcome to Book Journeys Radio. I am very excited to be here today with Jason Coleman. Jason, are you there? Yes, hello. Hey, Jason. Thanks for being with me today. This is Angela Loria. And uh, every week on Book Journeys Radio, we talk about uh, nonfiction authors, self-help authors, how they wrote their first book. And, um, Jason, this is my second week in a row I've been talking to a co-author. You and your wife co-authored a book about marriage, right? Yes, we did. And it's called Discovering Your Amazing Marriage. And let me tell you what, it was uh, it was quite the journey getting through this book. It was it was pretty amazing. I'm loving to talk to you about it today. Excellent. So it's called Discovering Your Amazing Marriage, and I know you guys spent oh, spent a while writing it together. Was it? Did you discover your amazing marriage while you were writing it, or did you do that beforehand? <laughs> well, I think uh, we're continually discovering. Uh, I was primarily the author, and she was the idea gal. Uh, but yeah, okay. we you know we we discovered things along the way. But we've been married now twenty almost twenty three years, and went through a lot of difficulty in the front end of our marriage. In fact, the first year, uh, through about year ten or twelve, and it's really been the last probably nine years that we've really gotten this thing down pat, figured it out. We've been mentoring some other married couples, and it's through that mentoring that we decided, hey, let's write our ideas down as we share with people, and then the book kind of came along. That is terrific. So one of the things I always ask people on these calls is, um, why did you write your book? And, and when I ask that, I mean it not just to help people, because all of us in this space, at least everyone I work with, genuinely wants to help people. But why did you think a book was the thing that was going to get you, you know, what did you think a book was going to get you? Why do that instead of something else? Well, what we really saw through a book was not only the obvious answer, helping people beyond our physical reach, but it really having a book that you've authored gives you credibility. And we have goals to continue our, our speaking engagements. We've taught some marriage workshops locally at some different marriage conferences, and we want to expand and have an opportunity to do more of that. And having a book that's been published, uh, that gives you credibility, it gives you, quote, expert voice when it comes to your, your topic. And we thought that, that would be a great avenue for us in the future. So going in, you're thinking, we're building this business, but the one thing that would really help us the most right now is the credibility of being an author on the topic. That was That was kind of what you guys were thinking going into it? We were, and we really didn't even do it for the business side of it. Uh, Which is good because, you know, we're not making millions of dollars being a first-time author. But just, you know, as I said earlier, we were mentoring couples, and it was just a natural extension of that because so many people would recognize us or or they would come up to us and say, hey, there's something different about you and your marriage. What is it? We want to know your secrets. And so it was really a natural progression. We, We decided, well, so we could be consistent as we're talking to some married couples, let's write our ideas down and, and have an outline. And then my wife is really the one that came up with the idea of the book, and she said, hey, let's write a book, let's get it out, and it just kind of fell into place. 
Well, I love the idea, and, I, and I've done a lot of these interviews, and no one has ever said this before. I love the idea of thinking of a book as a way to help you be consistent with how you work with clients. I think that's really, uh, I think that's a really great point and a good way to use a book. One of the things I, I like to find out from people is, how did you think a book would help you before you did it? Because it's a big undertaking. And then, were you right? So, has a book helped you be consistent? And you know, of the other things you talked about that were your expectations, has has having a book met your expectations? It has in some ways and it has not in others. And let me first address the consistency. You know, I know that you, or I would assume that you interview authors from a lot of different self-help topics. And and with marriage, though, many people have basic similar problems, challenges. In fact, we come at this that majority of the problems that you and I have as, as married people either come down to poor communication or unmet expectations. It might look mm-hmm. different. It might have a little different way that it actually comes out through your marriage, but when you boil it down, it comes down to those two things. And so as we're talking with folks, uh, we found it was easier to have a, a consistent message and really get down to the core of the problem. And so having a book helped us to do that. And not only could we help during a one-on-one mentoring session, but they could go home, they could read the book, and that would kind of reinforce what we've told them. And something else that's kind of come from this that we didn't really anticipate is oftentimes in a in a struggling marriage situation, there might be one of the partners that really wants to make some improvements mm. and wants to change, but it may not be both of them. And so I might be talking to the man or Debbie might be talking to the gal and kind of mentoring them a little bit while their their partner is at home thinking, you know, counseling is stupid, mentoring is dumb, I don't want to do that. But when they take a book home and they just have it sitting there on the nightstand or in the dining area somewhere, if that spouse picks it up and starts flipping through it, then we've kind of opened up an avenue to start a dialogue with him or her. And that wasn't our design, but that's a nice end result. Interesting. Yeah, that that is nice. And I think that's something, even though it's different for marriage, I do think, you know, I talked to a clutter author, um, you know, who who talked about using a book as as an introductory. I've talked about um, to people who work with teens, um, and that's another place where it's come up. So it is, you know, somebody I interviewed called it a brochure. But in some ways yep. it is, you know, it's, it's it's a throwback, but it's hard to necessarily get somebody to go to a website and you could say, hey, read this website, but there's something about holding a book in your hand that you could say, here's, you know, here's who I want to work with, here's their book, and it has a different right. feel than, you know, click on this link. And I can understand and agree with that brochure comment because oftentimes if we get a book into somebody's hands, when they're done with it, they might pass it on. And yeah, this might be more with our marriage help, but let's just say, for example, uh, John and Sally were, were going through some mentoring with us. They got a book. They loved it. They fixed some of their communication problems. They might hand that off to somebody else, and they might hand that off to somebody else. And so it really is a brochure or a business card, and you never mm-hmm. know whose hands it's going to get into. And uh, a real quick story, just locally here in our own hometown, on our website we got an email from some marriage counselors 
who heard of our book through a friend and through another friend, and they contacted us and said, hey, we're basically in the same town doing the same thing. Let's get together for dinner and have a discussion. And that was kind of like the brochure that, that you were suggesting there. Yeah, absolutely. And and how interesting. Um, this wasn't where I was going to go next with you, but I feel like so often as, as experts, coaches, authors, we can feel competitive with people that are in our same topic area or who are experts, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it's psychological or, you know, the um, – one one author I work with calls it a, a, a compare and despair. You know, I'm not exactly sure why it happens, but a lot of times people shy away from meeting other experts in your space. It's interesting for you that you've actually, I mean, it's someone who competes directly with you. What, what's that process been like and what's that experience been like for you? Well, well, that was a little bit different because their their paid counselors were not. Uh, we just okay. mentor people. We don't charge for our, our mentoring or our counseling. So it, we weren't really competing with them for clients. But there are a number of other authors in our genre that are here locally around the Seattle area uh, that we are trying to reach out to. And on one hand, it is a little bit of a competition. They have books. We have books. But one thing that's unique about, about our book and I think really gives us an advantage is the fact that we're not licensed therapists or clinical uh, therapists that are that are going to give you theory. Uh, we're just a normal, everyday husband and wife who've gone through a lot of problems. We have answers to common problems, and we can come across being just a quote unquote normal person where some of these other <laughs> professional authors cannot. So we are trying to to match up with, with some of these other other authors, and I think it could be a really good um, relationship for us. And so that's fascinating. And so you said you actually don't charge for your um, for the counseling that you do. You charge for your books, obviously, right? Yes. And then yes, do you have seminars and things like that that you charge for? Not yet. Uh, that's kind of our goal in the future. What that's we've been able to do is, okay. is latch on to some other conferences and teach workshops within those on a on a volunteer-type basis. Uh, but our goal is to kind of build our brand, build our credibility, get the word out, and then develop in the future uh, more of a marriage conference that someone would, would pay for and attend. And, and again, that, that's kind of how we came up with the idea for the book that would help us uh, pave the way for the future on that. So right now we're not there, but that's that's where we're going. Okay, what I love about this is um, a very high percentage of people I work with as, as a book coach and as a publisher are in a huge rush. And they want to get their book out, they want to make more money, they want to do more events, whatever they're they're trying to do, they're in a big rush. And a lot of times what I find is quality suffers, and also sometimes even just the results are hard to get when you're not taking the time to build that brand. Um, but obviously there's lots of everybody's goals are different and timing is different. You guys seem to have... Um, you have you seem to have patience in your favor. I know you spent three years writing your book, which there are a lot of people that have spent longer than that, but certainly um, if you believe all the marketing and media hype, there are a lot of people writing their book in a weekend in some magical way, I guess. Um, 
And no, so no, I wonder if you Yeah, I know. Um well I I feel like you guys might have a philosophy about about time and uh, maybe you can share that and it might help people that are feeling stressed and and rushed to get it done fast. Sure, Angela. And it might be a little bit different because of our topic and because of our genre here. It may not apply to everybody. But, you know, I have a full-time career. Uh, my wife has a has a career. We didn't set aside our careers and decide to to write a book and make this be our sole income. So we're not relying on the book to produce our everyday living expenses. So So that's one thing. And as I mentioned earlier, and it really is true, we didn't come into this looking at it as a business. This is what we're going to do from a business standpoint. Uh, we look at it more as a, a mentoring tool, uh, a, a secondary goal that we have that we just, and it might sound kind of cheesy, but our primary goal is, is to help help people that are struggling. There's just so wow. many people out there that settle for mediocrity in a marriage, and we think there's so much more. So we're doing everything we can, and I do understand that rush, rush, rush mentality. But for us, we're just, we got it out. We wanted to make sure we got out a quality product. And I don't want to say anything negative about my brother, but he's written, I don't know, five or six different books that were all self-published through Author House, and they just have that look and feel of a, this was done in, in a couple of months. And I hope he doesn't mm-hmm. do this. Uh, yeah. And, and we, wanted, we wanted something different from that. And so we really did take our time. And I think we had the, the luxury of, not having set business goals where we had to sell X number of books or we had deadlines and due dates. We kind of went along on our own pace, and I think the quality is a lot better. And we still have goals for the future, but we don't have to get there next week or next month uh, as as it comes, as it develops, and we're totally patient with that. Well, I really love that, and one of the things that I would say, I've never done this before, but I'm going to actually add it. I love doing these interviews because I get ideas for for coaching my clients. So Mm -hmm. if I were coaching um, based on that that advice and that kind of direction you gave, if I were coaching somebody who is in a rush now, I would want them to do a visioning exercise where they envision how would their book be different if they weren't in a rush? Mm -hmm. How Mm -hmm. might they... Pick a, and I know I, I know that you actually used the same publisher that your brother did, but got different results, right? Is that right? No, I did not. I did not. We, oh, you did. We did okay. not use the publisher he used. So um, my wife yeah, was very adamant they, that we were not going to. Ah, got it. Okay. So if you if you were in a rush, you might work with somebody, even if it was a designer you picked. You might settle for a design you weren't as happy with things like that, and just getting in touch with how that feels without making a commitment to changing your timeline, but to just see how you would do things different so you can be more conscious in when you decide, hey, I'm willing to slow this down, or at least you know you're compromising. And and I think that would bring a different thinking to the approach people take uh, without committing to changing that timeline, because it's okay to be in a rush, but I think being thoughtful about it and seeing what you might be missing and considering that can be really helpful for people. I think that's so true, Angela. And let me just give you a, a quick little story about the cover of our book. And, and as you coach other authors, you might come back to this. Uh, on our cover is a picture of my wife and I, and it's a silhouette with the ocean and the sunset behind us. 
and we took that picture. It was almost a mistake. You know, we went out to the beach, which we love over in Oregon, and we had a cheesy little digital camera. We set it in the sand. We set the timer, ran out, did a number of poses. Didn't expect it to be a silhouette. And so it, it was a mistake. But we took this picture about five years before the book was finished, before we even started writing it. But throughout the writing process, we knew that was the picture we wanted on our book. And hmm. so our cover design a guy, we, we sent it to him. He sent it back immediately and said the quality's not good. I can't use that. He gave us three or four other options. And there's just no way we were going to go with a stock picture of people we had no idea who they were. I didn't really like his ideas of the photo. And that did delay the book by a couple of weeks anyway, which doesn't sound like a long time, but there was a delay. And and we just went back to him via email and said no. I mean, and I told him, for crying out loud, if we can send a man to the moon, you can figure out how to make this picture work. And sure enough, right. he massaged it a little bit, and he made the picture work. And, and the point is, this is this is our book. It's not the cover designer's book. It's not the publisher's book. It's our book. And we wanted to take the time to do it our way. And I tell you what, we get so many compliments from the cover, from either friends or people that have bought it, even bookstore owners, like, wow, I really like that. And they ask about the picture. Hey, is that you and your wife? Is that is that you guys? How did that work out? So we have a little story there, but I would say patience so you get what you want, not what your editor or what somebody is pushing you to do. Yeah, and it's a lot like building a house where you think like, okay, we're going to decide three or four bedrooms and we're going to decide if it's, you know, brick or siding. But mm-hmm. you don't really realize when you walk into that project just how many decisions you'll be making. So you um, you guys self-published, and maybe you can talk about some, some things that surprised you um, about some of the decisions you had to make along the way. And that's a great example um, with the cover photo. Were there other things that came up for you? Well, actually, there was an even bigger one before we mm-hmm. even got to this process. The way we wrote our book is we think is very unique for our for our industry. You know, there are a lot of faith-based authors out there that write Christian books and pardon the expression but God shows up on every page. And that's good for a certain segment of people. And then there's a few marriage books out there that are very liberal and there's no faith whatsoever. There's, you know, some some new age thinking. And that's good, too. And we do have a very strong uh, faith-based theme to our book, but we didn't want somebody that has no faith or isn't a believer to just walk away from our book. So I came up with the idea, why don't we write a book, and the majority of the the chapters will be just for, uh, I use the phrase, you know, Joe Sixpack. Anybody Mm -hmm. can pick up the book, read it, not be offended, or or they could really apply the, the principles. But because my wife and I uh, are very grounded in our faith, we wanted some biblical information in our book. So we came up with the idea, at the end of every chapter, there's something that we call a biblical perspective. And we go pretty deep. And I think we're, we're you know, we could stand up with some of these big theologians with, with what we put in that from a biblical standpoint. So there's both. I, I kind of call it a hybrid. And I tell you what, Angela, our editor, when she read it, she sent our emailed back, and she had a bunch of corrections, and the very first thing she said was, that will never work. You have mm. to target your audience a little bit closer, either have a secular book 
or have a Christian book, but you cannot do both. And that's really what we wanted. And so we kind of argued with her a little bit. And, again, it's our book, so we did it our way. And I tell you what, we've had more success with radio interviews on secular radio shows. We've had more book sales through secular bookstores than we have through Christian bookstores. In fact, one of the largest Christian bookstores in the country uh, hasn't picked up our book. Uh, So we did it our way, and we were told it would never work, but it's working. And another side from that is, let's just say there's a couple, and one of them has a strong faith and the other doesn't. Uh, The one with faith might pick it up and read it and really love it. Again, sits around. The one that doesn't really believe could still pick it up and read it, and if he or she doesn't want to read the biblical perspective, great, don't. That's one of the choices that we make in life. And they can still glean some information and some great truths out of our book. So that's one thing, a, a big surprise. We did it our way. The editor said, no, it will never work. And we're kind of proving that it can work. Well, there are a lot okay. of other surprises. I think oh, so many authors don't know, even when they're, uh, even when they're in charge of the publishing, even when they're not, you know, working under somebody else's advance, when they own their, when they maintain their copyright, they don't know that they can say no. No one's given them permission. And um, so I hope right. the, the authors that listen to this, um, to this show, this episode, will feel like you are officially giving them permission. I will co-sign that to, uh, <laughs> you know, take ownership. And nobody, you know, nobody should be telling you what to do with your book. If you have an idea and it feels right to you, there's a way to get it done. And I love that. If we could put a man on a moon, believe me, we could find a way to get this picture to work. I Let's, let's figure something out. So That is so true. And, you know, maybe things would have been different had we gone through a traditional publisher and they kind yeah, of put the sure. foot down and said, you will do this. I understand that. But if that was the case, honestly, we would have gone with another publisher because mm-hmm. we really wanted to use this format and and we think it's it's working. And did you let's talk about um publishing for a minute. Did you consider going with a traditional publisher or did you always know you would self publish? No, we did. In fact, throughout the entire process of writing it, my wife was adamant we're not gonna self publish because she's seen the quality of some self published books out there. She says, We're not gonna do that. And so because we have a, a faith based uh theme to our book, we sent it off to a few major Christian publishers, we gave them the idea, not the whole manuscript, but the idea, mm-hmm. and we didn't hear anything back. And we did it again, we didn't hear anything back. So I spent hours and hours on the Internet trying to figure out and weigh the differences between traditional publishing and self-publishing. And there seems to be some some positives and negatives to both, but I found a company which is called Mill City Press, and it didn't seem to me like they're a traditional self-publisher. Uh, they don't have the stigma of an author house or some of these other uh, publishing no. companies that are self-published that you absolutely know when you pick up the book, oh, okay, that's that's a self-published work. Uh, they mm. publish under different imprints based on the genre. And so when we've been able to take our book to, say, Borders Books, I know they're out of business now, but we had our book in almost every oh, Borders wow. store around Seattle, and I would just walk in, talk to the manager, said, hey, here's our book. We'd love to get a book signing in your store. We'd like you to carry our book. And their first question was, who published it? And we could say, Serafina Press. 
Oh, okay. <clears throat> and that just opened up doors because Seraphina Press is not known as a self-published book. So when even bookstore owners would look at it and they would pull it up and they'd look at the ISBN, there's no way for them to know that it's self-published. So we really wanted to not have the the stigma of a self-published book. So it took a lot of a lot of research, but we're happy with with the way we went. And so okay, we, and that is for sure people listening. It's Mill, which is Amazon Mary I Amazon Lima Amazon Lima Mill City Press. And Correct. I'm sure that people can Google Mill City Press and they can find out about them. That's a great tip. I haven't heard um I haven't heard about them before. I assume it was funded by you. So you had to pay some sort of upfront fee or something like that? Yes, that is correct. And right. So it's an author funded, but it's not like traditional self publishing where you're doing everything yourself. You were able to rely on their expertise and their designers and things like that. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Very cool. Well, we we have time for, you know, about one more question. And, and the one that I really would like, um, I, I'd love you to answer this for our listeners, which is if I were to meet you, let's say, at a party at a mutual friend's house, and you told me that you had recently written your first book, and I said, well, I'm in the middle of writing my first book, but I for some reason can't seem to finish it. Uh, what advice would you give me? I would say stay the course. And it's so easy when you're writing your first book to get distracted, to get discouraged, and to set it down. And to some degree, that's why ours took so long. We dabbled with it. We wrote a little bit, and then I set it aside and didn't even think about it for weeks or months on end. But it was always nagging at at the back of my mind that I'm going to get back to it. So when I got really serious about digging in, I was intentional about carving out time. Uh, this is my time to write. This is my time to brainstorm. And we we just had the goal that we knew that we wanted this to get done. So not in a literal sense, but, but we, we put this goal up like on a mantle and said, this is where we're going. And it was just through determination and staying stay the course. It's, like I said, so easy to get discouraged just, Stay the course and be self-disciplined, and you can make it happen. And how did you, when you say you put it on your mantle, um, did you physically do something to keep it in your mind, or was it more of a no, metaphorical mantle? No, that was no, yeah, that's just just metaphorically. But one thing we did is about every six months or so, my wife and I would get away. We have four kids, so we'd get away from the kids, uh, just do a weekend and a, a special retreat that we have, a couple different places and would just brainstorm, would think, would write, would talk about the book. So we had these different getaway dates set up, and so that kind of gave us some some motivation to, to stay at the course. But, no, it was just more of, of a mental goal, but, but we knew where we were going. We weren't too concerned about how long it took us to get there, but we stayed the course. Uh, so... The the getaway weekends is that something you think is specific to working with a you know a co-author or a partner, or do you think that's something that would help individual authors as well? Oh, if I wrote this on my own, I would I would do the same thing because when mm-hmm. when you're home, even if you have an office or a study or a place where you write, 
there's just so many distractions. And so I would encourage your authors that are in the middle of their book or starting a book to get away periodically where you can leave the job, maybe even the cell phone behind or turn it off anyway. Just get away where it's just you, your thoughts, your pen or your laptop, whatever you're working on. So, yes, if you're doing this alone, I would still say get away as often as you can. Excellent. Well, Jason, a lot uh, a lot of authors are married. A lot of people are married. And so if they are interested in your book, do you guys have a website we can send them to to check out? We do. It's youramazingmarriage.com. Lovely. youramazingmarriage.com. Uh, Jason Coleman and your wife is Debbie. Debbie, yep. Uh, and... We're on Facebook, which is the name of our book, Discovering Your Amazing Marriage. You know, so we tweet and, and we do all the social media stuff that most of your authors do. But yep. excellent. Well, I hope uh, I hope my authors uh, that are listening go ahead and check out Jason and Debbie's book. And I appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. Thank you, Angela. I enjoyed it. Good luck. Bye bye. Bye bye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.